What a way to start our series. We're actually kicking off a series called The Strong and Courageous Family. Could we thank them one more time for sharing such a wonderful song? You know, and I know you're going to hear this all day, but happy Mother's Day and, and be okay with that. For some of you, I know this can be a, a difficult day because of where you are with your mom. Or for some, this might be your first Mother's Day without your mom. And so our prayers go out to you. And so we know it can be sensitive at a time like this, but I know that God will fill you with his spirit and his peace, and he will strengthen you to become the mom he always saw you to be and who he created you to be. Some of you, like Jerry was sharing, that your mom might be somewhere else or, or she might be living far from you, and maybe a phone call would, would mean much. But I think all of us on this Mother's Day, and although we'll be speaking about mothers a lot, all of us can learn on Mother's Day. We're, we're in this series that we're going to be kicking off called The Strong and Courageous Family. And let me just tell you what are, what's going to be taking place as the weeks go by. We're going to be leading up to Father's Day. I know, that, I know there's a lot of fathers here this morning. And in your bulletin, there's the notes that you can take out to follow along. But along with that, there's a little uh, card in there. It's actually an invitation card. It looks like a ticket, but it's really not a ticket. It's just more for... Uh, informational purposes, and we're going to end this series, listen very carefully, on our Father's Day weekend. And so on Saturday, June 16th, we'll be having a movie night showing the movie Courageous. And if you've seen that movie, it is a powerful movie. If not, this is, this is a movie you must see, and it's great for families. So on June 16th, we're going to have a movie night a tailgating party out in the parking lot. So men, bring your trucks, your barbecue grills, and we'll be barbecuing outside. We don't have, like, stadiums here, so we're, we don't need a stadium to tailgate. We'll just tailgate and watch our own movie. So we'll be tailgating out there in the parking lot. We'll have different venues set up so that you can enjoy the movie if you're not going to be tailgating. But you can bring your barbecue grills up and, and food, of course. Bring your food. I'll, I'll do the inspection on that and make sure everything is, you know, good. And we'll be outside. We'll also have, I think we're having three large screens in different areas so that families can sit down with their blankets and things because God is going to give us good weather that night. And so we're, we, we want to end this series well. And then Father's Day will be on Sunday. And then the Wednesday following Father's Day, we're going to do a celebration, a, more like a, a ceremonial banquet. And you'll, if you watch the movie, then you'll understand what we're going to be doing. So I'm just giving you a heads up what's coming up for Father's Day. And the heart and vision is that we would be able to become the family God made us to be and be that strong and courageous family. But today we're going to be talking about the influential mother. And although we'll be talking about mothers and being that influential mother, all of us can be influential people. We can be an influential person, an influential father, an influential uh, husband, an influential auntie or uncle. So... Because we're talking about mothers, let's not tune out. Let's hear what God has for all of us. Mother's Day is here because of children. Children change us, don't they? And some of your children, you know, as they continue to grow up, children, you forget, your parents were the coolest people. They still might be the coolest people, but they didn't always do what they're doing today. You might think, oh, they're so boring, or maybe your parent is not. Maybe they're lively, or whatever it is. But when you have children, everything changes. Everything changes about your life. 
I remember when my sons, when they were babies, they had these strollers. And it was very simple back then. It's just simple. Wheels and a little thing that you put them in. But today, they, I mean, you got hybrids. These strollers are unbelievable. They, they're lifted. They have bigger wheels. They have shocks, cup holders, iPod inserts. They have like sunroofs. I've I seen some like handlebars or some you go running with. And so when you're running, your child can fall asleep and just you know, go run with you. They have all these different strollers. Of course, they cost $3,000, but they're all upgrades from before. And so now that I have grandchildren, I'm looking at these strollers. And Heidi and I was uh, at the uh, shopping, and, and we took this stroller out of the car, and I couldn't figure this thing out. I'm trying to open this thing, and I'm getting upset, sweating, because we're outside in the sun. And I'm trying to open this thing, and I don't want to break it. And I'm trying to open it, and, and I, I can't figure this thing out. And I said, Heidi, this thing is broken. It doesn't even open. She goes, what? let me see. I don't know what she did. She touched something, and it transformed. And the thing opened up. And I'm like, how did you do that? She goes, mothers have instinct. Which is true. Mothers, you just have an instinct about you. You're able to do things that the ordinary person may miss. And God created you that way. He's created you with this inner workings of being an, being an influential person. You can do that very well. The structure of family has changed. It's a lot different than how God intended it. And so through this series, we want to look at how God intended our families to be. See, being an influential mother is part of how God intended you to function. In the Bible, in the book of Timothy, we're going to get to that scripture in a moment. But we're going to learn from... A mother by the name of Lois. And she became a Christian and passed on that value system to her daughter, Eunice. Now, Eunice grows up in the ways of the Lord. And then she has a son by the name of Timothy. And then she raises Timothy up in the ways of the Lord. And so we want to learn from them. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament, he speaks of this family. He is actually mentoring this young man, Timothy. And he says this to Timothy, and it's in your notes, 2 Timothy 1.5. Paul says, I remember your genuine faith. And he's speaking to Timothy. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And mothers have such an influence on their children that it continues on. It goes to the next generation. See, the influential mother or the influential person does this. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this in. They believe in others with intention. That's what an influential person does. That's what you moms do. You, you have this, you, you believe in people. You believe in your children and you do that with intentionality. See, a, a mother's compassion begins long before the baby is born. I know everyone could agree with this because when the mom is with child, they go through all kinds of emotions. I mean, they wake up in the morning, they're crying, and you're wondering, what happened? Nothing. They're just full of compassion, and they're just going through an emotional ride just being with child. God is already designing within the mother compassion for the child. Proverbs 22, 6 tells it like this, and it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. When the Bible is talking about to train, it's not just talking about to talk or instruct. But that word to train refers more to tasting. 
Because you can talk all you want about chocolate, about fudge, ice cream with chocolate drizzle. You can talk about chocolate, Hershey Kisses, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. You can talk about chocolate, but not until you taste chocolate will you know what it is or how good it tastes. And that's the word that the Bible is using to train up a child in the way that they should go. It means that there's going to be some experiences that our children are going to go through that even though you'll tell them, they experience it for themselves. Now, I know it's hard for us as parents because we tell them the same thing over and over. Clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. Do the dishes, do the dishes. Put away your clothes, put away your clothes. Clean up after yourself. Go to bed, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Go to bed. If you text them, go to bed. Get your clothes ready. I told you we're supposed to be here at this certain time. And so we'll do that. And, and as time goes on, it can be frustrating that our kids aren't doing what we ask them. We say it over and over. And, and the routine is the same. We'll come home. Did you do your homework? No. I told you to do your homework. You cannot go out. Oh, how come? And then we fight. It's like it, it, it repeats itself over and over. And this is what the Bible is saying. When you're training your child up in the ways that they should go, sometimes they're not going to listen. God forbid they don't listen because they get lickings, but hopefully they listen. But the truth is this. Sometimes they won't. They're growing up. Now, not as an excuse because we should obey our parents. The Bible instructs that. But here's the danger, and and especially for moms and as parents, sometimes we will view our parenting skills based on how good our children are. If our kids turn out good and they do a good job, it makes us look good. That's what we think. If they turn bad, I did a horrible job. Or, honey, you did a horrible job. We, we think it's us. And sure, we have that influence in their lives. But listen very carefully. The way our kids end up or they turn, you know, as, as they grow up into young adults... You may look at, oh, this was my fault. I should have done this, should have done that. Don't look back, look forward. Because you may feel, if they're good, I'm good. If they're bad, I'm a horrible parent. No, no, no. Listen, God himself, as the perfect father, has children that rebel against him. God the Father tells us the same thing over and over again. And we rebel against him. We disobey him. We don't do what he says. So your parenting is not based on how well your children turn out. Your parenting is based on who God says you are. It's not based on what other people say to you. It's based on what God is saying to you. See, the influential person, they they have this belief in other people. They're able to bring that out of people. They're able to, to have people understand that it really is a connection with God. That as parents, we're doing our very best to train them up in the ways of the Lord. Some learn the hard way. We always say this, hard head, learn hard way. Many of us as parents, we've learned the hard way. And we would hope that as we teach our children that they would say, okay, I'm going to take your wisdom and not do the things you're asking me not to. Some of them will disobey and they'll learn the hard way through the experience. Some of them will taste and then understand. Now, not as a rebellious act. It's just a part of life. That's what that word means, to train. It, it has 
more to do with putting something in the mouth to taste for understanding because taste applies to understanding. I can tell you how great the food is outside. I can tell you how wonderful the breakfast is. I can tell you the, uh, the more than a bake sale that they have out there. They have these chocolate-dipped strawberries and all these things. It is so good. But not until you taste it will you understand what I'm talking about. And that's, that's life. Some of our children will go through that. And we do our very best to help and instruct. That's what God asks. When we were growing up, my, our, our uh, playtime was over. My mom said it this way. She said, make sure you come home before dark. Now, my dark and her dark was completely different. I was like, mom, it's not dark yet. I can still see. No, her dark was the street lights. If the street light came on, it was dark. That was your time. They had no text messaging. Way you stay. Her text messaging was Sheldon. No satellite interference. No excuses. I couldn't say, oh, Ma, I never get your text. No, I heard her text. There's no way possible I could not hear her. And she would call. And if the streetlight came on, you're done. When the streetlight came on, we would yell, streetlight! And we would, and we would alert all of our friends because we know some would get dirty lickings worse than the others. And when that streetlight came on, talk about this defeat and discouragement. It's like, oh man, hunger lickings. And you run home. You step on a nail, puncture your foot, get locked jaw. Too bad. You get home. You could step on a smaller nail during normal playtime and you shut down. You step on a larger nail, puncture your foot, and, but you got to get home. You, you don't care about the pain because the pain you will feel from mom nowhere compares to this puka in your foot. You will get home. And then when you get home, you're all tired. You dive on the porch. Oh, oh, oh the street light was early. <laughs> Wrong with the system. Oh, I'm going to shoot that one with the BB gun. I'm not going to use it. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Just made him, mom. You know, like make eye contact. It's, oh, it's good. And you cannot get in the house. She's blocking the door. It's like, oh my. It's kind of, yeah. Oh. And then you just stand there. So what happened to your foot? Oh, nothing. Just one nail. This one. This one. Poke right through. Bloods and. But I'm good. I stay good. I can go inside, mom. <laughs> Let me see. No, 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 my good, I good. Let me see. You good? Get in the house. <laughs> and you, you walk in the house and you go in the bathroom, try to clean up. But you're not looking at your cut. You're looking at your face. You're like, and all numb is like, oh, you see the handprint right over here. <laughs> You know what they were doing there? And, and we think that, oh, they just, was, they just was mad. Do you know what they were doing? They were instilling life lessons. No, they'll all do it differently. They'll all use different kinds of weapons, hangers, you know, belts. And, and now, you know, you can call the cops. And I don't know about that one. You don't want to go there. Your mom will call the cops. If, anyway. They were teaching us about life. Now, think about it. When you just by being home on time, they taught us punctuality. They taught us not being late for work. They taught us, you know, athleticism. You got to run. You know, you hurdle over cars, whatever you got to get home to. And they teach you so much. They teach us about respect. 
so much life lessons were being given to us just by the discipline of coming home. See, moms have that much influence on us. They, they believe with intentionality. They do things intentionally. And they don't do it by mistake. They teach us about life. Moms don't ever underestimate, underestimate your influence on your children. Now, I'm sure we could do better at parenting. I understand that. And we, we try our best to do the ways that God has called us to parent. But that, that influence that you have on people, on your children... Being intentional, it goes a long way. I would say this from time to time to Heidi, my wife. I would, she would do something, something, and I would say, "You remind me of your mom." And she'd say, "What? What? You tell me that? I'm not like mom." I said, "Why do you take that offensively? I mean that as a compliment. There's so many good qualities that are in you that were from mom." Now, I know some of you, as you continue to grow up, you, you don't want to be like your mom. I'm sorry to say you're already there. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Is that's how much influence your mom has on you. Now you're thinking, I don't want to be like my mom. Shucks, I don't want to be like her. Snapping all the time. This and that. Some moms, some moms. Not all the moms. Only some. But switch that around and think it in this way. The good qualities that are in my mom... That's what God is passing on to me. That's the influence that mothers have. It's the good qualities that God has given to moms. Timothy, Timothy's grandmother, Lois, she, she passed that belief system on, that legacy of faith on to her daughter, Eunice. Now, Lois, she, wasn't, she was a Jew. Or she was a Greek, actually, and she was not a believer. But then she came to know Jesus Christ. And then she raised up Eunice, who became a believer too. And she became an influential person in the life of Timothy. Imagine that, from one person, Lois, the first one to believe in Jesus Christ for the entire family. I can only recall just up until my great-grandmother, her faith in God, because I, didn't, I don't know what her mother was like or, or her belief, and we're trying to figure that out. But my great-grandmother, she was a woman of faith. And she, she would do things intentionally. We would have, like, family fights. And this is in Waimanalo where I grew up. And so my family fights was, like, action. And so not saying that Waimanalo is a bad place. It's just we had action in my family. And my grandmother lived maybe two houses down. And we would be going at it. I mean, I mean, just loud, yelling, screaming, and everyone would get involved, the family, and everybody trying to break everybody up. And here comes my grandmother. You know, she's walking, and, and like Yoda, you know, she's like just coming over and <laughs> waiting for the wisdom. And, and when we see her coming, when grandma has to step in, I mean, it's like dead meat. You just, hey, hey, quiet, everybody, grandma coming. And it's like you all become family again. And then grandma would, grandma would come, and, and she would scold us, and she would tell us, why are you guys fighting all of the time? You can guess she's Filipino. You should say, you guys fight, 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 fight. All day, all day, you guys fight. Fight, 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 fight. All day, you guys were fighting. And, and she would get us, she would pray for us. Not pray like, oh God, I, I pray that everybody does okay. She would, I mean, grab us. Heavenly Father, I pray for this family. And if you close by her, you're catching all those shots of spit. You're like, oh God, come on. And she would just go for it, go for it. But we were done. That was it. 
And then she would pray for food, like during Thanksgiving or Christmas. And we're like, oh, Grandma's going to pray. It's going to take long. And, and she would like preach. You just stand there. Okay, everybody, we're going to pray. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I pray for this food. I pray for this family. I pray for all the, all the rascals you shall then. I pray. I pray. And, and you, you just didn't want to get near her. Because if you got near her, she would specifically pray for you. And if you, if, if, if when it was done and you was that Kalohe kid, she would take you on the side. And then we would be done. I'd be like, oh, grandma, the food cold already. But you don't want to say it loud because then she'd grab you on the side. You know, I pray for you. And you stuck. You know, oh, man. And I remember as, as my grandma was uh, near her, uh, the ending of her life, she was in the hospital. And I was, I just received the Lord. I was here. I was about 19 years old. And then I flew back down and, uh, to Oahu. I was already living here. And she was in the hospital bed. And I, I was in there with her just all by myself. And I just leaned over. And, and she was not aware too much. And I, I, said, I said, hey, Grandma, I received Jesus. And that, that tear that fell down her face just meant everything to me. It made me realize that the, the things that you do as a mom... As a grandmother, it has that much influence on someone's life. Don't ever underestimate, underestimate what you do as a mother, as a parent, as a person. That you're able to, to do things and believe in other people with intentionality. That you would pass that legacy of faith onto the next generation. The Bible says it like this in Hebrew, Hebrews 11.6. Without faith... It is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The question is this, is your faith evident? Do people see your faith? Can they see your faith being lived out? Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. God is a rewarder. He rewards in many ways. And one of the ways that he, he rewards us, especially his parents and grandparents, is with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm sure we would all agree with this, especially as parents. Isn't it the greatest reward when our kids receive Jesus Christ? Isn't it the greatest reward when our family members understand Jesus Christ and how much he did for them? There's a reward in that. Many of the mothers this morning, this is one of the rewards that you're feeling right now, that your family is with you today. And some may not be here today, but I tell you, you keep hanging on to that faith in God. God will turn things around. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him. That's the legacy of faith that we get to pass on to our children and to other people. And you can write that in your second point, that an influential person, that influential mother, leaves a legacy of faith. They leave that legacy of faith. It's something that continues to be carried out through the next generation. Timothy, as Paul was saying, he said to Timothy, you have such a genuine faith. Such a genuine faith. Where did that genuine faith come from? It came from his grandmother, Lois, handed down to his mother, Eunice, and then given to him. But he had to develop his own faith with the Lord. And Timothy was able to do that. Timothy's mother, Timothy's grandmother, left a legacy of faith, which is the greatest legacy we can leave for our children. 
Paul continues in 2 Timothy 1.6. He says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Everyone has a spiritual gift in them. They're like embers, you know, out of the fire. That they're just charcoal, no flame yet. But someone needs to come by and fan that flame. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. He's saying... I want to fan the flames that were first in your grandmother Lois and then Eunice. I want to fan the flames in your life. To fan the flames means a renewal. It means to to kindle up or, or to be fresh or strong. It's a renewal of your life. And when he was saying, I, I... I want to fan into flames the spiritual gift. God will often send our children, people like Paul, to fan into flames the spiritual gift that are in our children. Sometimes as mothers, that's what your influence is with your children, is you fan the flame of that spiritual gift in your children. You may not see what it is, but you continue to encourage, you continue to build up, and they'll catch that fire. God has given us that kind of gifting to be flame to be to be fanned into flame years ago we had this one bonfire and we're all sitting around the bonfire and then we did other things but then the fire died down but there were still the embers in them in the fire pit and so some of my friends thought well let's get the fire up again and so they put some logs but it wasn't really catching fire because there were just the embers and so then they put uh, uh, lamp oil uh, this is, don't do this. This is dangerous. Uh, but it started smoking because there were no flames. And so someone just fanned it just real quick. And then all of a sudden, woof, abracadabra. And you have this, I mean, talk about fanning into flames. This thing was huge, way bigger than we thought. A helicopter, this is nighttime, was flying over our house, just flying over it. And this flame is too big. And now this helicopter is going. And it's high. It's maybe, I don't know, 10,000 feet. I don't know how they fly, how high they can go, 5,000, whatever. And they're going, and, and they, they leave, but then they turn around. I think they saw it, and so they came back. And then they, they, they we're thinking, I hope they're not coming here. <laughs> they better not land over here. And they came closer and closer, and then they started to descend. And we're just sitting down, and we're like, hey, don't make eye contact. <laughs> just no look, no look up. Don't look up. It's funny, we're trying to hide, but this fire is like, and so we're just sitting there, and then finally he left. Then here's what I thought. When we fan into flame that spiritual gift in others, it's noticeable. It's noticeable. Not in a prideful or arrogant way that it's noticeable, but there's a spiritual gift in everyone. Everyone has embers deep down inside of their hearts. But someone needs to fan into flame that spiritual gift. And that's what Paul is saying, to be that person that you believe in someone so much that that you leave that legacy of faith. You fan into flame that spiritual gift. The Bible doesn't talk too much about Timothy's father, who actually was a Greek. And Timothy's father, being a Greek, was not someone who believed in Jesus Christ. But there was still Timothy's mother still didn't stop Eunice from fanning into flame and believing in Timothy. Because sometimes we can think in our families that, well, only if, if only my wife did what I did, if only my husband did what I did, 
then we would be that strong and courageous family. And yes, it is true that when the father steps up to the, to the role that God intended him to be, yes, everything changes. And let me encourage you fathers this morning. I tell you, when the Bible says you're the head of the household, it matters that you're the head of the household. That God sees you as the spiritual head of the household. And you might be thinking, no, 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 no. I'm not even, I'm not close to God. My wife is. There's no way. I let her go to church on behalf of the family and that's fine. God didn't say that for it to happen. The way it works is that you're the spiritual head of the family. When the husband is the spiritual head of the family, everything changes. Everything. Everything changes. And I want to speak life. I want to fan the flames into you fathers this morning that God has a spiritual gift in you like no other. I'm telling you, when we as fathers step up to the spiritual head of the household, there's no telling what our family becomes. Our our, our family becomes stronger. Our communities become more vibrant. Our world changes just because the dads rise up to that spiritual head of the household. It's not in a controlling way or in a religious, fanatical kind of way. It's an honorable, authoritative role that God has called us as fathers to be in. I tell you, there's no greater honor than to be the spiritual head of the household. That you direct your family in the ways of the Lord. And if you're getting there, I thank God for that. Sometimes, I know, I know for myself, I would do this to Heidi. I would say, you know, you should be doing this, this, and this, and this. It didn't help her much. But when, she, when I started to just encourage, and when she encourages me, then it changes. Then I can become that spiritual head of the household. And when the family is working together, fanning the flames, boy, I tell you, that becomes an influential family. And it's a family that is used by God. That's what it means to bring out the best in others, that you're, you're leaving that legacy of faith. You're fanning into flame that spiritual gift. Now, the last point this morning, number three, it, it brings out the best in others. A, an influential person will do that. An influential mother brings out the best in another. They have that capability. It's just, it's just a part of being influential, that you bring out the best in other people. Did you know that every single person has some good in them? Regardless of how they behave, regardless of their lifestyle, every single person has something good in them. You know why? Because we're created in the image of God. And God is good. And so when we have something that is inside of us that is like God, that we're, we're people who have good in us, it doesn't go away. Someone needs to bring that out, though. And that's where we, as God's people, come in. And as an influential person, we bring out the best in someone else. The Bible says it like this in Philippians 2, 3. Just be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And I can't think of no better person than you moms who are able to do this. That you think of others better than yourself. You, you put into practice these things. You make sacrifices so that someone else can do well. When I think back on my mother and, and the things that she would teach us and the things that she would uh, do with me or spend time with me, she would, I remember coloring, you know, just get a coloring book and we would color together. And I would be sitting next to my mom and, and I would be coloring. And, you know, I was just a kid, so I would just color as best as I could. Sometimes it went outside of the lines and I would just scribble, scrabble and color as best as I could. But I would look at my mother's and she would color like amazing. And she would like all one direction, shading, highlights, 
you know, dark shadows here and there. And she'd, I would look at hers and I would look at mine. I'm like, oh, mine is junk. And I'm trying to color as best as I could. And I would keep comparing it. After a while, my mom would turn hers over and just concentrate on mine. And then she would look at mine and she would say, Sheldon, that's so nice. I like how you blended the colors. That's good that you did that. What she didn't do is say, you know, you need to do yours like mine. You know, see mine? This is what you need to do. You need to do yours like mine. And if you don't do yours like mine, then yours is not good. She never did that. She was able to put herself on the side and bring out the best in mine. Bring out the best in me. I love art today. I love it. She never once put me down. She never once said, you know, that's a horrible job. Try again. Horrible job. Try again. She just kept saying, hey, good job. Keep trying. Keep trying. You're doing a great job. And I tell you, moms, dads, when we do that with our children, it changes them for the better. Not because we're changing them, but because we're bringing out what God already put in them. We're just bringing out what God has already instilled in them as a person. That we're able to bring out the best in them. I think that is the best picture of thinking of of others better than yourself. It's putting ourselves on the side and speaking out what is good in someone else. Let me encourage all of us this morning. Speak good in others. Speak the good in others. And I know we'll slip from time to time, but get back on that and say, God, I want to be someone who speaks well of people. I want to bring out what's good in them. And sometimes we'll joke around and things. That's aside from the, the family laughter. It's, it's how do we bring out the best in someone else? Philippians 4.8, it says it like this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Let's read that part together in the end. Dwell on these things. Ready? Go. Dwell on these things. Say it one more time. Dwell on these things. Yeah, that word dwell, you know what it means, what the Bible is saying in this context? It's talking about of equal value. That what you say, it is. It's a term that they would use to say, if you say you have $25 in your bank account, you better have $25 in your bank account. Or else don't say it. It's saying it's, it's more credible, that it's, it's more factual rather than supposition. That it's, this is the truth. What I'm saying, this is what it is. It's equivalent to something. Here's the reality. Some of us behave in a certain way because we feel like someone told us we weren't good enough, that we did wrong, we did bad, we did this, we did that. And so now we're listening to the negative thoughts. Put that on the side. Get back to what God is saying. God is saying, no, I created you in my image. There is good in there. I'm going to bring that out. God wouldn't say that if it weren't true. And what God wants to pass down to us is whatever things are good... Excellent, worthy of praise. This is what you're to say. Sometimes we'll, we'll actually say what is false, what is dishonorable, what is wrong, what is impure, what is unlovely, what is of bad reputation. We'll, we'll talk about things that are not worthy to be spoken of. And we dwell on those things. And the Bible says, ah, you got it backwards. Dwell on the good things. Think about such things. That's what we're supposed to dwell on or measure our life with. It's what God says not what happened in my life. 
or what others are saying. God, what are you saying? Who are you making me to be? You keep heading in his direction, you'll be fine. God will bring that out of us. Can I encourage all of us today, especially you mothers, to dwell on the good things that God has instilled in you. Dwell on the good things that God has instilled in you as a mother. Listen to his voice, the good things that he has instilled in you, the good qualities that God has given to you. Not the negative things that have been done in your life. Not the negative things that people have said about you. And when you're that kind of mother who dwells on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, pure, lovely, of good repute, anything worthy of praise, then you become that influential mother that God always saw you to be. I'm going to invite our team to come out And we just wanted to kind of end this service today with with just letting you know how much influence you have as a mother. But more than that, that you would be people that understand that there is a God who has a wonderful plan for us. Now, we're going to do two things right after they get set with this. One, they're going to share with us this wonderful song. But also, when we're done, we're going to pray... And then we'll have a special prayer for the mothers. And I, as a pastor, want to specifically pray for the moms and make sure that you are blessed today because of the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me as we conclude in prayer? Lord, on this special day that you have given to us as we celebrate Mother's Day, it wouldn't be as special if your spirit wasn't involved in it. And because your spirit is here and you've touched our lives in this kind of way, we're so grateful. And Lord, we pray for our mothers, we pray for our families, we pray for our our fathers, our, our spouse, our children. For you showed us how to be that influential person. You are the biggest influencer that we could ever possibly imagine. Lord, I pray for those this morning, maybe they've never connected with you, they've never said yes to you. And maybe in their heart, they're saying, boy, I would, I would like to step up to the plate. I would like to do what God has called me to do, but uh, boy, I don't know if I could. And maybe what they're saying, Lord, is that they need you. We all need you. And so if there's anyone here this morning that you're saying, you know, I, I want to, to be the person God made me to be. And I want to step up to that role, that leadership role. I want to have God in my life. I want to be an influential person. But you're saying, I've never received Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to pray. You can say this prayer. Say it in your heart. God hears you. And here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And make me brand new. I believe you died for me. And that you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. And so I thank you in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray especially for those that said yes to Jesus for the first time. And if that's you, could you just lift a hand? And in doing so, you're saying, I I said yes to Jesus for the first time today. I gave him my heart. Could you just lift a hand real quick? I just want to pray for you. God's very best. Good. Hold your hands up. Good. God sees your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Good. God bless you. God sees your hand. He sees your hand. Good. God bless you. 
God sees your hand. He sees your heart. Back there, God sees your hand. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray especially for those that just said yes to you, that as they begin their walk with you, that their faith would continue to be built up. I pray that you would strengthen them to become the man or the woman you made them to be. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen. Amen. Could we say congratulations to those that said yes to Jesus this morning?